welcome back to episode nine of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagus, Lucas, and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here today with today's guest, Paul Preddy, who's gonna help us with helping teachers understand their retirement. Paul, Paul's been working in the financial industry, services industry since 1978, where he started as a registered representative. Over the years, he's been an advisor, a branch manager, a regional director, and is currently the director of advisor relationships at PenServe Plan Services. Paul carries his AIF designation, which stands for Accredited Investment Fiduciary. Paul spent the better part of his career working with public school teachers and administrators, not only in the state of Connecticut, but around the country. So Paul, why don't we get started today? Tell us a little bit why you enjoy working with educators and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you, Mike, and thank you for having me here today. Um, I hate to go all the way back, but I, I did in 1978 when I first started and I got licensed, um, I did go to a Board of Education meeting and I realized that there was, there was a lot of confusion. There was confusion about the retirement program here in Connecticut, and I think we're gonna talk a little bit about Social Security later on. Teachers don't pay into Social Security, and, and frankly, there weren't very, very many options for people to save money outside of their pension. Over the years, it, it really seemed like a place that we were able to do a lot of good work with. Um, when, I, when I ran a branch office, it was one of the areas that we focused in on and I think that we provided an awful lot of value. Um, currently, my daughter's a, an educator, my son-in-law's an educator, and my daughter-in-law is also a teacher. So I have teachers in the family and, and to this day I still, I still sort of advise and help them. Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned a, an interesting thing. When you first went to a Board of Education meeting, teachers were confused on what they had. That's the number one message that I still get today. I, you know, I, I have a lot of administrators that are clients and the, qu the question I get is, okay, I have a teacher, they're confused, what should I tell them? So even the administrators are confused, even the, the union representatives are confused. So I think it's providing that level of education and like you said, just trying to do good work working in school systems and things like that. I, I, you can't, that, that is so important. I'm, I'm also a crest, Certified Advisor. CREST stands for Certified Retirement Education Specialist. And we've been working here in Connecticut uh, for the last three years with the Connecticut ASBO, the Association of School Business uh, Officials. And over the last, I think, year and a half, we've run 10 to 12 workshops for many teachers throughout Connecticut. I think we've had well over a thousand people attend. And what we heard from a lot of the business officials who are part of our main core is unfortunately teachers and other employees are coming to them in the year or the year before they're retiring and say, well, how does this work? Should I be saving in a 403B? Should it be a Roth 403B? What do I need to do as far as qualifying for a pension? And one of the first things that we did as, as part of this group is we began to educate the, the school business officials. Because just like you said, they didn't know what to say to some of these employees. As a result of this organization that we've sort of built, um, we, have, we have provided unbiased education to, as I said, well over a thousand employees. We don't talk about product, we just talk about education. And it's, it really has worked out very well because they're comfortable you know, with the material that we're giving them and it gives them a base for making good decisions. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most important things is, you know, like you said, like when do I qualify for a pension, right? You know, what what vehicle should I save in? Well, the first question is, 
you know, what are the vehicles to begin with and everything like that. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about, why don't we start talking a little bit Connecticut, the Teachers Retirement Board Pension. How, what should teachers know? If we said sum it up in the first you know, few sentences, a few thoughts, what's the most important thing they should know about that? I think the first thing they really need to do is to make sure they go online and they know how to access their information through the state of Connecticut portal. Uh, same thing with Social Security, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, we find, as I'm sure you have found over the years, that people retire a year too young or a year too early. Mm -hmm. And it could cost them thousands of dollars, not only for them, but also for their beneficiaries. So I think the first thing they should know is Connecticut is in really good shape. Unlike a lot of other states, the Connecticut State Teachers Pension is in great shape. Unfortunately, it's generally not enough to retire on. So you need alternatives. And we'll get a little bit into that in a little bit. Um, you're putting in 7% of your money into the TRB, the Teachers Retirement Board, and you're putting another one and a quarter percent into the health insurance account. That 7% is gonna guarantee you a lifetime income, depending upon how many years you work and what age you retire at. And it's a pretty easy formula. If you qualify for full retirement, it's gonna be roughly 2% per year for years of service. Now, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. And through a lot of these workshops that we've done, we constantly say, you need to meet with an advisor. They could go through a pension analysis. They can go through a social security analysis, but it's, it's really important to know what your numbers are. What are you shooting for is the retirement date? What do you expect to receive from that? And once you've learned that, now you'll find out what your income gap is going to be. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the simple formula, right? 2% for every year of service. So just to break that down for people, if you teach for 30 years, 2% is going to give you 60% of your average salary, which is based on your best three years of working. Exactly. So that right there, that's what we're using when we start with planning. You, know, you mentioned working with an advisor, right? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to explain that formula to them, and that's our starting point. But that's not going to be the exact number. There's a lot more details in the formula. That's the base. That's kind of the starting point to kind of know from there. Um, before you mention, though, to get to that, you have to qualify for normal retirement. Correct. What is normal retirement for a school teacher in Connecticut? It's 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. It's 20 years. And I, you know, the, the other thing that you really want to focus on, it's, it's not only how many years you teach, um, what your age is, but it's your goals. I mean, what, what, is, that you're, what is it that you're looking for? And, and as I mentioned, we'll talk about Social Security. It concerns me when we meet with a teacher and they think that they're going to get a spousal benefit or a survivor benefit from their, say, their spouse or their partner who may be working in the, the private sector where they qualify for Social Security. And we'll get into that, but it's, it, it's very concerning that people think that they're going to receive a form of retirement benefit that they don't qualify for. Yeah, and I, and I think that's that's one of the things that's that's so eye-opening because I have a lot of teachers that come to me and they say, I know Social Security is affected. I don't know, well, if you didn't ever work in a job where you paid in Social Security, it, affected means you're not gonna have any. That's which, right. you know, and, and, and you know, Social Security is a whole different topic, but um, it's something that makes a lot of sense to really understand like what is it and why, you know, why, why do you have it? 
Right. And, and I think, you know, you mentioned before, 7% of your check comes out to fund your teacher's pension, right? The rest of it that comes out goes into your, the medical fund. And what's that medical fund take care of for teachers? It's, it's really, we call it a supplemental. Um, I, I, I don't get into that too deep. One thing I did, and you may want to comment on that a little bit more. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about the pension is it's not only the years of service and your final average salary, you know, the, the highest three years, but it's also what settlement option you choose. Sometimes people go for the highest settlement option, which is life only. And if you really needed the money and you don't care about your beneficiary, that might be the best settlement option to go with. But as soon as you've passed away, that stream of income stops for your beneficiary. So again, in meeting with an advisor, you're gonna talk about what's a good year to retire, an age, what's the right amount of years to retire, and then what's the right settlement option? Because those are choices, once you've made them, they're irreversible. Right, absolutely. And the settlement option, I think when I'm meeting with a client that has just retired or just getting ready to retire, that is the number one thing that we're stress testing across their plan. Everything comes back to the retirement plan and what's the most important thing for them. Because at the end of the day, what settlement option they choose, how much money they have, the years of service, all those are pieces of the puzzle to answer the question, am I gonna run out of money? Right, exactly. you know, this, is our, this is our ninth episode. Most of the episodes have either talked about planning for some type of goal or having money so you don't run out in retirement, whether it be social security, your teacher's pension, or just saving. But at the end of the day, that's the number one question is, can this goal be funded? And in this case, the goal is retirement. Most people don't care how, right? And like you said, if you need the money, the full big amount, life only, makes the most sense, right? Right? You know, if your spouse is significantly younger than you, where you think they're gonna live much longer than you, having a spousal option is gonna make a lot of sense because they're gonna plan on that money for their retirement, and it may not be there if you don't plan properly. That's right. And then the whole years, and again, the whole, the, you use the term stress test. And we're gonna get into supplemental savings, but sometimes that supplemental savings will allow you to leave your pension alone and gain additional credits. So when you think about supplemental savings, monies that you're gonna draw from at retirement and maybe allowing your pension to grow a little bit more, there's, there's a lot more than it's just 2% for the number of years of service and the age you retired. That's a very simple base as we both said earlier. Yeah, and, and just the last thing, you know, just kind of wrapping up talking about the pension, pension maxes out at 37 and a half years. Correct. So that's gonna get teachers 75% of their three-year average when they retire. That's the maximum. But like you said, you're eligible for normal retirement at 20 years. So the range is absolutely huge, and the biggest thing is we have to come and plan. Exactly. Perfect. So let's take a quick break here. We're going to head into our community spotlight. And when we get back, we'll talk about some supplemental savings and as well as how Social Security has been affected. Beautiful. Welcome to this week's community spotlight, the segment of our show where we focus in on the small businesses in our community. This week, we are focusing on Bagelicious. They have two locations, one in North Haven at 91 Washington Avenue and one in Cheshire at 945 South Main Street. They can be reached by phone at 203-535-0632 or online at bagelishnorthhaven.com. 
We make every order to your liking. Their signature Bagelicious sandwich will convince you that they mean business with their bagels. Be sure to check out their daily specials and everyday menu items online and on their Facebook page. Again, this is Bagelicious, located at 91 Washington Avenue in North Haven, Connecticut. Welcome back. So we're talking today with Paul Preddy from Penserve Plan Services about teacher's retirement, specifically in the state of Connecticut. Um, Paul, so why don't we get started talking a little bit about some of the extra savings options that teachers have. So we spent the first half of the episode talking about their pension and the stuff that automatically comes out of their paycheck. Teachers also have some other retirement plans that are offered through their district. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Okay. So for a teacher in the state of Connecticut and, and many teachers, we call it a 403B. Very similar to a 401k, um, monies that you designate that are gonna come out of your paycheck with a traditional 403B pre-tax, which means you've got 100% of your money working for you and it's reducing your taxable pay and you pay less in the way of taxes. Uh, the only difference really between a 401k and a 403B is you have a lot of choices as to what kind of product you would wanna buy. And again, that's something that your advisor would, would talk with you about. The only things that you know, we really don't wanna to go too deep into this today, but there really are two types of 403Bs and you can combine them and, and mix and match. And that's a pre-tax 403B or a Roth 403B. The big difference is the regular 403B, the money's coming out before you pay taxes and the Roth 403B, the money's coming out after tax. There are a number of reasons that we could spend a lot of time talking about why you would do one or the other or mix it up, but that's all part of the income plan and the retirement planning that an advisor would do with you. So one of the things is, we did an earlier episode on maximizing IRA contributions where uh, Mike and I talked a lot about the difference between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. With the exception of the contribution limits, which are inside of 403 are gonna be significantly higher than inside your IRA, the benefits of a traditional IRA and the benefits of a traditional 403B are gonna be almost the same. Same with a Roth 403B and a Roth IRA. So that's a great episode to listen back to, kind of help you with the decision process of why would I choose one or the other? But like you said, one, the traditional 403B is gonna help lower your taxable income today because you're deferring that money on a pre-tax basis, where the Roth 403B is gonna help you lower your taxable income in the future because you're deferring the money on an after-tax basis today for tax-free withdrawals and retirement. Exactly. exactly. So, Perfect, so you, you mentioned before teachers teachers are unique, 403Bs are unique because they're gonna have a choice of providers. So one of the things that we see in districts is you're gonna see four or five different investment options that they can choose from. How would you recommend that a teacher chooses which investment option to go with? Right off the bat, I would say it's not something they should make a decision on on their own. Um, there's a variety of reasons you would choose one or the other but when you're working with an advisor who's, who has access to all of these programs, they can sort of guide you through, this is why you would choose one, this is why you would choose the other. Some people might be ultra conservative, some people, they may be saving in their 403B for a variety of different reasons. Just, just to touch on this a second, people always wonder, you know, how much can I put in? Generally speaking, you can put more into a 403B than you could afford. Um, if you're under the age of 50, uh, you could put in $22,500 a year. 
If you're over the age of 50, there's another $7,500 you can add. And if there's also something called a 15 year catch up, there's another $3,000 you could actually add. So you can put an awful lot of money into these programs. But again, how much you should put in which one, Roth, traditional, IRA, whatever it happens to be, that's really a decision that you should do you know, with your advisor. And the nice thing too is if you, as long as you have a good relationship with your advisor, so like when our clients are working with us, they can work with multiple plans in the same district. We have the ability to work with more than one of the providers that are in the district, so we're able to offer you the best product for your individual situation. We're not gonna sit here and say one product is better than the other all the time because that's just not the case. It really comes down to everyone's individual situation, to their plan, and what we're trying to do with that money. Because each product has different features and different benefits, but the key to all of them is it helps you save money for the future. Exactly, and I think you, you just brought up a good point. If, if you really were trying to choose on your own, I would choose an advisor or a product that offers a lot of flexibility. There are a lot of products out there that are only sold by certain companies, and those are the only products they can sell. That would concern me a little bit because that then needs to be the best product because that's all they can sell. So you, if you're choosing, you'd wanna choose an advisor that has access to multiple programs because there may be reasons that you need multiple programs. Perfect. So we, talk, we mentioned the pension, we talked about the opportunity teachers have inside their 403B. What type of advantage does this give a teacher over say someone working in the private sector when it comes to planning for their retirement and how it's gonna really shape out for them? So right off the bat, that's a great question. Right off the bat, you've got a pension. There are, you know, teachers, teachers don't make, I hear it from my kids all the time, um, teachers don't make the kind of earnings that other people make. But the days of defined benefit pension plans, and that's what you have, it's a defined benefit based on years of service and your age, um, that's a huge value. So that's gonna provide you with some guarantees. Other advantages is it's, you still have an opportunity to save towards retirement. And as I, as I mentioned earlier, depending upon how much you save, and I, and I really wanna say this, sometimes people think, well, I'm gonna retire in, in seven or eight years. Okay, but hopefully you'll be retired for a long period of time. So as much as you can save, even if it's only for the next five years, for people who are just starting out, get in the habit of saving. If it's $25 a paycheck, you will continue to find a way to save more. And I do remember back, you know, people who started saving $20, $25 a month, which was a fair amount of money back in 1978. By the time they were retired, they were saving four or $500 a month. So it's a habit. Yeah, and one of the things that's really nice about you know teachers and educators is all their income is contracted. And what do we see in those contracts is we see a lot of small but incremental raises for their entire career. So they're able to say, you know what, I know I'm getting a raise every September. I know it's gonna be a, you know, a few bucks a paycheck. And if they can just live on their same standard of living and just increase by a little bit, like you said, $25 a paycheck can easily turn into a few hundred dollars a paycheck you know, throughout their career, which can create a big pile of money for them. It does, and I, you know, again, I I, we're not gonna get into the whole compounding aspect of money today, but the importance of starting early, you can never start early enough. Um, that, again, that doesn't mean that if you're a little bit older, that you shouldn't start saving, because it's always important to start saving. But for those of you who 
don't think you can afford to save, you really need to rethink that because you can. Yeah, and I, I will say this, the, the options that we have um, to, to work with school teachers, there is no minimum to get started. You can start with any dollar amount, I truly mean any dollar amount per paycheck that you can feel comfortable with and then it's just increasing over time. The smaller amount, it just, like you said, it starts with the habit. It's the habit of putting money away and the habit of getting ready for your future so that way you can build on that as you grow. Exactly, no question. So moving on, let's head into how social security is affected by being a public school teacher, specifically this is to the state of Connecticut and um, some of the ways that teachers are compensated in Connecticut. As I said earlier, this is so misunderstood and I would say if anybody's gonna write anything down, I want you to write a couple of notes down and speak to an advisor about this. So you're not paying into, so if you've never worked any, anywhere else and you've never paid into social security, there's something called the government pension offset, GPO, that you're gonna to need to contend with if you have a spouse or a partner who has a social security benefit. And it's, and I don't know if you want me to get too much into the formula, but what they do is if you have a spouse who has a social security benefit, and ordinarily, not counting a, a state of Connecticut teacher, um, if your spouse were to pass away, you would receive 100% of their social security benefit. The way it works in Connecticut, and 15 other states, by the way, where people don't pay in, is they're gonna take two thirds of your monthly pension. They're not gonna take it, but they're gonna use it in a calculation. So if you're getting a $3,000 a month pension, they take two thirds of that are $2,000 and subtract it from the possible social security benefit that you would receive from your spouse or partner. And, and that reduction is whether your spouse is living and you're trying to collect a spousal benefit or if your spouse has passed away and you're trying to collect a widow's benefit from social security, correct? Exactly. So that's called the GPO. Um, that's one of the biggest confusions. The other one is called the windfall elimination provision, WEP. And we know a lot of teachers that will work in the summer to build up their social security credits. And I used to think that this made a lot of sense when I was a younger advisor, they're gonna double dip, they're gonna have their pension, and they'll also have Social Security. Well, there's a calculation, which does get a little confusing, but there is a reduction that is applied to your Social Security benefit based on the fact that you are now working in an organization that you're not paying Social Security into. What's important to note about that is if you get a Social Security statement, so if you've paid in to Social Security, you look on your social security statement or that you look online, the WEP reduction is not shown online or on your statement. So again, if you think you've put in enough credits, it's called WEP, you really need to meet to it with an advisor about it. And then in, in very simple retirement planning, that's social security, which is part of that three-legged retirement stool, may not be there for you. Um, and I'm not saying it won't, but you really need to determine if that's part of your retirement plan. So, so one of the things that I encourage all teachers to do is if you've worked in Social Security jobs, you need to get your full earnings history from Social Security. The easiest way to do that is to go on the Social Security Administration website, create an account if you don't already have one, and 
to download not your summary statement, but your full earnings history. Because what that's gonna be able to do is allow us to calculate if you're subject to windfall elimination and see what your new social security number is because the number on the statement is really a fake number, if you will. It, if you're subject to the windfall elimination, that we know that number is gonna be reduced. We just have to figure out by how much. And then from there, you, you possibly will get something. You, know, you can still get a small check, but it's still gonna be reduced. It's true. And and again, another reason to meet with an advisor is even if you understand the GPO and the WEP, like your pension, Social Security is based on your earnings history, the age at which you retire, and the age at which you begin collecting Social Security. So at a very minimum, getting a Social Security analysis done on your partner or spouse is extremely important because again, you don't want to make that decision. And you know the SSA.gov is the website you would go to to sign up. We we can't stress that enough, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, the other way around. Great, awesome. So the last thing I want to talk about, just kind of summarize some of the points of why it's important to properly plan. So every every episode we're really talking about the importance of meeting with an advisor, planning for the future, and really putting the plan for those goals. Uh, retiring, especially as a teacher, is just as important. So what are some of the key things you would go back to to say, these are, this is why you really should plan properly? You said it earlier, there are no minimums. Um, if you think you've got plenty of time, I think if you took a look at what happens, if you begin to save early versus, oh, I'll be making more money down the road and I can save more. The person who starts early is going to win that battle because you just, compounding is, is really important. Um, you know, properly planning, things are gonna change. And I think once you've come up with a plan, the whole idea of meeting with an advisor is, that's your starting point. You're gonna get together once a year, you're gonna review that plan. Have things changed? Have you had a windfall of money? Did, it, did one of you re have a reduction in income? Um, unfortunately, nothing stays the same. So the sooner you start planning, and I think, think my kids probably are tired of hearing this broken record, but they, they need to continue to take a look at, regardless of their earnings moving up, they need to continue to look at their goals and hopefully they can increase their goals down the road. Well, maybe instead of, you know, I wanna be able to travel and go see my grandchildren, I don't wanna call them on the phone. And, and to me, it's just important to really know where I am so I can always take a look at where I want to be and what do I need to do to get there. Yeah, and I, I think you know that's the most important thing. The plan is the starting point when you're young. It's where you're getting to as you get older, and it's to make sure you don't run out of money and you can do the things that you want to do. And I think that really sums up a great, great points on you know why to plan, everything we have to focus in on and everything like that. So. I, that wraps, wraps up today's episode. I just want to thank Paul again for coming on. I think he shared a lot of great information about teachers, retirement in Connecticut with those public school teachers and everything like that. So thank you, Paul, for coming on. Um, make sure you check us out on Instagram, on Team LLT, online at lltwm.com. Thank you. Thank you, Michael.
The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risk, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.